This is Off Script with Trish Glose. Intimate interviews with interesting people. And in front of my microphone today is Mr. Bob Hunter. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Uh, currently the associate editor with the Mail Tribune. Correct. But a lot of people know you as you were the, the jefe, the head honcho at the Trib for a while. You were the editor. I was. For, for how long? 20 plus years. Wow. Okay. We're going to talk about a lot about paper and the business in a little bit. But first, where are you from originally? Well, I grew up in Idaho, Meridian, Idaho. Okay. My dad had a weekly newspaper of oh. all things. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty sure that was the last thing I wanted to do <laughs> in my life, having got to sweep the floors and mm -hmm. haul newspapers around and that sort of thing. So okay. I did it. Uh, I did that while I was a kid and went off to school and I thought, I thought maybe I'll become a lawyer. So then I went to Willamette University and oh. took some a lot of political science classes with people who were intent on becoming lawyers and mm -hmm. decided, I don't, I don't think I want to do that okay. after all. So your dad had a weekly newspaper. Mm -hmm. What was the paper called? Do you remember? The Valley Times. It was in Meridian, Idaho. Okay. And so was there, was it a valley that you guys lived in? Right. It's right near Boise. It's okay. about 10, okay. 10, 12 miles from Boise. But but he also bought out a bunch of other little papers from, mm. from big municipalities like CUNA. Okay. Yeah. So, so this weekly newspaper, um, I mean, just community events, mm. stories, I mean. Yeah, it was local news, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of community events, no wire. It was all, you know, the, his, his favorite story. He actually, um, before we were in Meridian, we were in Ashton, Idaho, which is near Yellowstone. And he had the weekly newspaper there. And his favorite story there was there were two women in Every week, it was Mabel Smith would visit Sarah Jones. And the next week, it was Sarah Jones would visit Mabel Smith. <laughs> and he finally said to somebody in the, in the office, he said, what's the deal? And they said, well, they're sisters, and they live next to each other. But oh. every week, they send in this little news item that they visited each other That's and had, had tea. So he said, well, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to run that anymore. That's ridiculous. Oh, okay. I and like it. they both came in and said, we're canceling our subscription. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and he said, okay, we'll run it. So <laughs> it was back in the paper. Right. So did you grow up with siblings? I have a brother who's still in Idaho. Okay. And I'm assuming he helped with the paper too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when you say help with the paper, I mean, did you do the whole delivery route? Was that part of your job? Uh, no, it was more the... Um, the night when the press was running. Okay. It was once a week. So mm -hmm. the press would run and somebody would have to pull papers off and get them stacked. And then, then I also did the mailing, which was, it had a little foot treadle thing and these cards would supposedly shuffle in there and you'd stamp the okay. address on it. And uh, yeah, it was very high tech. Uh, okay, sounds <laughs> like it. How old were you um, when all this was going on? Probably in like early high school, okay. middle, middle, well, junior high then, junior high, early high school. When I got older in high school, I mm -hmm. got like a real job where I actually got paid instead oh. of just got room and board. Sure. Um, I think there's something about, because obviously the the business of newspapers has changed drastically since your dad owned a newspaper. It has for sure. Um, it, I guess it always appears that there is something, I don't know if it's mysterious or kind of sexy about having a newspaper back then, because we're talking about what decade is this? This was in the 60s. He sold it in the 70s. Okay. So 60s and 70s. Right. It's just, I mean, that was what we did. Our newspaper was out on the driveway and we brought it inside and actually opened it up and you got the 
feeling on your fingers. And I mean, it and just, the ink. And the, yeah, <laughs> and it's just, it has changed so much since then. Yeah, things have definitely changed. But there's definitely something about the way we used to create a newspaper. Yeah, and, and a lot of that's the same. Now it's, you know, it's computers. Sure. I mean, you walk into a newspaper office, into a newsroom, it looks mm -hmm. like it could be an insurance company. Sure. Everybody's got a desk and a computer. <laughs> it's and, quiet, uh, too. It's a lot quieter. A yeah. newspaper newsroom is much quieter than a TV newsroom. That's all really? I'm going to say. Ah. Yeah. Okay. The old newsrooms used to have typewriters, the real typewriters, and they'd be clackety-clack. So it was a buzz. All over the room. Sure. And now it's, now it's much quieter. Okay. What were you like in high school? What was I like in high school? Um, I don't know. I was just a regular kid. Played some sports. Mm -hmm. None of them particularly well. Um, Were you good in school, as like far as academics go? I was like a you know, A B okay. student, and until I hit physics, I think it was, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then it, and it dropped off a little bit at that point. Okay, so you went to you said Willamette University because right. right. you were gonna you were gonna be an attorney. That was my plan. Okay. Very kind of fuzzy plan. Right. You know. When did it hit you that you were just like, nope, I'm done? Uh, probably about my second semester at Willamette in a political science class. With Sue Leeson was a professor. She went on to be on the Oregon Supreme Court. Oh, wow. And she was tough. And it okay. was a very, you know, I mean, it was a bunch of wannabe lawyers who mm -hmm. were all very into it being sure. competitive. I was kind of more into being a college kid. And oh, there you go. The yeah. extracurricular activities there of being was some, college? There was. <laughs> of course. Of course there are. Some of that. So just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Well, when did when did the bug, the journalism bug, bite you? Was it while you were at Willamette or later? It, yeah, at Willamette, I actually, a friend, uh, a guy in the same dorm, mm -hmm. worked for the Salem paper covering high school football games. Okay. And he said, hey, they need somebody else. You want to do that? And I said, sure, it sounds cool. You got paid. You can go to a mm -hmm. high school football game. Mm -hmm. So I did that for the, that was the Capital Journal then, which no longer exists. Right. Now it's the, the Statesman Journal. The Statesman's Journal, yeah. Used to be two papers there. Now there's one. Um, and did football games and basketball games and baseball games, which... Not really a baseball guy, but I wrote about him anyway. Right. But, I mean, was it fun for you? Was it yeah, something that it was you liked? Fun. Okay. It was fun. You know, and you got to go. That was still in the days of, you know, the the noisy clackety-clack newsroom. Mm -hmm. So it, right. was, it, was, uh, it was exciting. So when did then, when did that first job after school come? I mean, did you want to go work for a paper? Was that the plan? That was, yeah, I don't know that I really had a great plan. After <laughs> school, the first thing I wanted to do was go skiing for <laughs> A year, which I managed to do awesome. mostly, and then I had to start paying bills. So yeah, where'd you go skiing that uh, year? We went Sun Valley. Okay. Um, hung out with some friends. Went to Utah. Nice. Uh, Jackson Hole. Mm. Went to oh. all the places. Of course, back Good. then you could ski at those places for twenty bucks or something. Right, you know? right, right. A little more than that now. So then after, so after that, you sort of take a year off to go skiing. Um, you got to pay the bills. But, I mean, was it like, I'm going to go work for a paper? I want to do this reporter thing? Yeah. The, actually, the first thing I did after, at the end of that year, I think it was, I worked on the Frank Church's presidential campaign. Hmm. So that was like in, when was that? 72, okay. I think. Um, and that didn't go anywhere. But when I got done with that there was a I saw a, 
I don't remember exactly how I came across it, but I found out there was a job opening at the Polk County Itemizer Observer. Ooh. In Dallas, Oregon, <laughs> not to be confused with Dallas, Texas. Of course. And I went there, and then the guy who was the publisher of the paper was really into politics. He mm -hmm. would, and so we had mm -hmm. this like two hour conversation about politics and about the presidential campaign and all okay. this interesting stuff, and never really talked about what my qualifications were. And at the end of the two hours, he said, you're hired. So okay. that's how I got started. What kind of stories were you doing in the beginning? Oh, everything. I did, uh, let's see, I covered City Hall, I covered sports, and I wrote the wedding and engagement stories. Oh, really? Yeah. I got to know what baby's breath was. Well, <laughs> So with the engagement stories, do they do they send those in to you? Yeah. Okay. They, they send them in in a form. There's a form and they right, fill right, it all right. out, you know, and yeah. Oh, man, that's <laughs> hilarious. What kind of reporter were you back back then? Were, um, you, were you aggressive? Were you? Yeah, I'd say so. We we got in some, uh, got in a ongoing battle with the county, with one county commissioner in particular, and mm -hmm. then I, I remember a friends said, man, I like to get the paper every Wednesday because I know there's going to be something where you guys are going to be going at each other. Right. So, something juicy. So, yeah, we were, I was fairly aggressive, although, you know, doing 10 things at once, it was, it was sometimes hard to be aggressive because sure. you were just so busy being busy. Now you got to make deadline. You got to make deadline. Yeah. That was once a week was Monday night, was Monday or Tuesday night, I'm trying to remember now. Start, I think it started Monday and went into Tuesday, but mm -hmm. those would be 12, 14-hour days. And sometimes yeah. back then, and you had no wire service, you, you, I can remember one time we got to the the end of the night and we still had space on the pa paper that we right. hadn't filled. We didn't have anything left. We we dug down through the these drawers and we found these old paste-ups <laughs> from, like, some history piece. And we, like, figured it out stuffed them in there put them in there they ran yeah the associated press wires which we get those now too it's just this never-ending feed uh, of stories that yeah. are happening across the country yeah. around the world and i don't sometimes it's like what did what did we do before the ap wires right and there's so much the hardest thing with ap is not what to run it's kind of what not to run right right you know there's so much and if you can run 20 stories mm -hmm. in a paper, well, mm -hmm. that's maybe 10%, maybe 5% of what they move. Yeah. Of course, a lot of the stories are not that interesting to be. Not interesting, not relevant. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, okay. Um, so I guess, how did you move up then in the ranks? Because you, you started out as a reporter in Dallas, Oregon. Um, so how did that, from there to being editor at Mail Tribune? Long tortuous journey. <laughs> Long journey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I stayed there for a while. Um, then my wife got a job. She worked for Myron Frank. She got a job as a buyer oh. in Portland. Okay. So I was at the, at the Polk County Itemizer Observer for four years, maybe three or four years. Um, she got this job in Portland. I tried commuting for a while. That, yeah, that was no fun. Yeah, no. that was no fun. Uh, and then I got a job at Merrill Hurst College, which mm. was a kind of a back to college thing for for adults, okay. which just announced a couple weeks ago that they're closing their doors. Oh, that's sadly. a little sad. Yeah, but it was, so I did that for a couple of years. And then uh, the 
registered Eugene paper, bought a bunch of papers out in Washington County, mm -hmm. Beaverton, mm -hmm. out that area. So I went to work there. I was a city editor there. Okay. I uh, wanted to get to a daily paper and uh, ended up probably four or five years later moving to Roseburg. Oh, okay. Which my wife was a little askance about. <laughs> and we had a baby. Okay, okay. So how long were you guys in Roseburg? So we were in Roseburg for uh, up three years about. And then job opened up in Medford, moved to Medford. Mm -hmm. That was... 33 years ago. Okay. And then it's kind of the rest is history a little the bit. The rest is history. Yeah. What, how'd you, uh, what was your first position at the Trib? City editor. Okay. So, yeah, so I was in charge of the news reporters. Oh, okay. So kind of um, making sure that they were, like, kind of assigning them stories? Yeah, okay. assigning and editing and okay. juggling all kinds of things. So Did yeah. you ever want to be the editor of the paper? Was that a, a goal? Um, probably, Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think it was. It not not in a way that I was actively looking around for mm -hmm. for it to happen, but it it just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess I mean it, it may be hard to talk about some of the differences, but when you when you started at the Mail Tribune, what was it like? I mean, wh what year are we talking? Eighty five. Okay, and so very different. Even even just I it mean, was very different. Yeah, we had you know I mean the we were working on computers then, and, and but it went through this elaborate process that I couldn't repeat how it worked and the, right. the remember photos if we you know you, you got photos they spat out of a machine mm -hmm. from the AP and you'd have a hundred photos and every morning one of the first things you do you come in you go through this big stack of photos mm -hmm. and like no 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 maybe no no yes mm -hmm. you know and you'd end up with a dozen photos maybe and then have to wean that down but yeah uh, um, it was, yeah, it was pretty different. What were some of the big stories you remember just even being at the Trib for so long? Um, some of the really big ones that you guys tackled or that made the front page? Um, the ones that really stick out to you? The, the biggest one that really sticks out was in the mid-90s. We, we heard that um, our congressman, Wes Cooley, mm -hmm. um, that there were some questions about his claims about his military background, that he had said he was in special forces in Korea. And we actually had a bureau in Washington, D.C. at the time. Okay. And we worked with the reporter in Washington, D.C. He um, filed a, a Freedom of Information Act, got Cooley's um, War, not his war records, but his service records. Okay. The DD-214, I still remember the name of it from, <laughs> from that. Um, and it showed that he'd never Yikes. served in Korea. Uh -oh. And so he, um, so we broke that story. Uh, it took off, the Oregonian grabbed it and ran with it. Every, I mean, everybody was Everybody, yeah. And he, um, his aide at the time um, was a guy named Greg Walden. What? <laughs> yeah. and. I remember, uh, and Walden, I think, threatened to run against him wow. as an independent. I'm trying to remember. Um, he was going to run as a, maybe as an independent, but if he got elected, he would actually side with the Republicans. And then Cooley ended up stepping down. Okay. Bob Smith, who was a, mm -hmm. who had been the congressman, they reappointed him. Okay. 
and then uh, and now Greg Walden is in that office in right. that seat. Yeah, yeah, he is. So that was a that was a big story. I mean, we basically took out a sitting congressman, which you know it was. We had another interestingly. So that was about Korea. We had a story before that, probably not too long after I came, a couple mm -hmm. of years in the 80s, about a guy who was leading local Vietnam veteran parades and they were gonna have this big march to Washington, D.C. I, I don't remember it, it's all the details, but we also got word that he'd never actually been to Vietnam. He oh. was not a, really a Vietnam veteran. He was making stuff up and yeah. sure enough, that proved to be the case. So. He kind of got uninvited from the march. A little bit. Do you find that's kind of the power of journalism, that you can take, you know, this congressman, for instance, someone who is saying one thing as journalists, you find out something else, and you actually make a change. Something changes from a story that you've put out there, whether it's in the paper or online or in TV. I mean, that's really the power of, of journalism. It really is. It's, these days, it's I think kind of a diminished power because mm -hmm. everybody has a voice and mm -hmm. you go online and you know you, there are there are things <laughs> tweeted and and yeah. reported otherwise that are absolutely not true and that mm -hmm. can be reported that they're not true and it seems you know it seems to have less impact these days than it used to it used to be if somebody in a position of power was found to be lying they would beyond the ropes yeah. and now it seems like well it's just I, politics now yeah I, I agree and it's almost like too I feel not offended so much but you know I consider myself a journalist and when we do stories we do check everything out and interview and all of these facts are coming from sources not me they're coming from other places so it's sometimes a little disheartening when you do read stuff out there and you're like from someone who isn't a journalist and you're like wait a second where did you get that information yeah, yeah. It's, it's frustrating well yeah and the whole, the whole online thing everybody can be a journalist now you I know, know you just get a website and bingo you're a journalist it's annoying and off you go and then it you know turns out really that you're just a shill for mm -hmm. one party or the other and mm -hmm. it's not just one party it's that they're all in it you know is it important to, I mean, do you call yourself a journalist? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is it important for you to kind of hang on to that? Yeah, definitely. That's the, that's the calling really, I mm -hmm. think. That's why people get into it. You can, you can make a difference. I always kind of thought when I was a kid, I, I thought, well, what could I, do? you know, maybe a little older than a kid, but in, in the, young formative years, mm -hmm. you know, what can I do to make a difference? And I thought, well, you know, you could be a police officer was one thing I thought, yeah. you know? Or you could be a politician back when maybe that was a good thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it still is for some people. It absolutely yeah. is. Um, and then I also thought you could be a journalist and you can, you know, tell people stories and you can, um, you know, shine the light into dark corners and you can celebrate mm -hmm. people who need to be who should be celebrated mm -hmm. deserve it and uh, fight for the little guy yeah in a sense yeah, yeah absolutely um yeah it's interesting when you're filling out like a doctor's form or something and it says occupation i never put like tv you know it's always journalist because it's yeah. very important for me at least to that's what i went to school for that's what i found this job for i mean that's what i wanted to do is be a journalist yeah yeah no it's i and it, the one of the great things about it is it's different every day. Mm -hmm. 
you know, every day is different and, and you sort of have this, you know, in the, the police scanners going in the background and you mm -hmm. always kind of have one ear trained on that. You, you learn over the years, you can be 100% focused on what you're doing, but somehow you got an extra 10% that's listening to that scanner mm -hmm. in the background and and you never know what, what's going to happen, what's going to yeah. come across it or what these days, you know, what interesting email you might get from somebody that turns out to be a great story. Oh, no kidding there. Yeah, the, <clears throat> the with the scanner, you make the, you hear something on there and then you call and bug the dispatchers and confirm mm -hmm. an address and mm -hmm. <laughs> no, we, we bug them a lot, but they're very nice to us. Yes, they are. Um, a lot of, you know, over the years, because you've been here obviously a long time, um, other news people, other journalists in other markets always say, well, Medford, does a lot happen in Medford news-wise? And I think back to some of the big stories that even just I've covered, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot that happens yeah. in Southern Oregon and Northern California, which is part of our, our coverage area too. But a lot of stuff happens here. A lot of stuff has happened here over the last few decades. Well, and the, the whole forest fire mm -hmm. issue, every now it seems like every summer, I mean, there's been some huge fires over the years that yeah. just were really national stories and, and we were covering them locally and, mm -hmm. and now everyone holds their breath whenever there's a, a lightning strike. No kidding. Um, but even just, you know, murder trials, there's <clears> been a couple of very, I don't want to say not high profile, but high profile for us, murder trials right, here. Right, right. Um, and just an plenty interesting. Of, plenty of crime. There's mm -hmm. no shortage of that. I always thought the more interesting stories, the, the crime stories, we, you know, now, of course, we're not just in print, we're online. Right. And so you get these we call parsley, which you can get the read out of what people mm -hmm. are reading, crime stories. Boom. You know, the really? crime stories get the traffic. Right. Uh, natural, you know, forest fires, that kind of, some kind of big mm -hmm. shared community uh, event, which forest fire certainly becomes, especially when the smoke ro rolls in. <clears throat> Those are really off the chart. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, the, just the really strong news stories. I mean, the really sad story about the three Eagle Point girls. Mm. I mean, that gets a lot of traffic. Not that anybody's counting traffic on those kind of stories. Right. But, but, um, but I've always felt like the really good stories are what's the big issue in the community mm -hmm. and what are people trying to do about it? Mm -hmm. And just, you know, tell people here's, you know, whether it's homelessness or housing prices or drugs or yeah. whatever it is, those are the important stories. Yeah, we tell our reporters <clears throat> all the time, what are people talking about? What's going on? And right. Facebook, crazy enough, has become a huge part of that because if you're going to talk about something, you're going to do it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. We have a couple of reporters who are really good at that. They really, you know, they come up with great ideas because they're just watching Facebook all the I time. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that good at <laughs> My wife, I actually have a like a whole bunch of Facebook friends because uh -huh. when Facebook first started, I just, you know, and people said, be sure. my friend. And, and you're and like, I, okay. See what I did? So I sure. Up, so I just like, sure, 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 sure. So I have this like really interesting Facebook feed, <laughs> everything from my high school friends to, you know, uh. elected officials. And so my wife spends, she, she keeps an eye on that. For okay, me. good. She said, there's some good stories here. You should be paying attention to this. So. You, Mail Tribune should maybe cut her a check. Yeah. Maybe. Um, getting back to you, you were talking about there's more information out there than ever before. And I think you kind of already answered this. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or is it neither? You know, it can be a good thing, but it's so 
it's gotten so warped that it's hard now. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, alternative facts, you know, or alternate facts is it? Right. Came out of the White House like, yeah, no, we're. <laughs> that's uh, that's the bad thing about it mm -hmm. is there's so much information and and you can post anything you want mm -hmm. and nobody's going to vet it. Um, you know, and certainly people so have said over the years, well, journalists, you know, you're liberal or whatever, uh, and you know, who's why are you letting this stuff print? Well, mm -hmm. there's somebody looking at it. Um, there really is an effort within newsrooms to be fair. Uh, people are people. I mean, everybody has their kind of built-in things they're interested in. Yeah. Uh, but there are editors looking at it. There's somebody checking to make sure this this really happened. This yeah. sounds maybe too good to be true. Yeah. Do you have this number right? Yeah. <clears throat> All of yeah, that. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, somebody who's the old, you know, sitting in the basement and in their pajamas <laughs> on the internet, you know, they can put anything up there they want to, and and that's the which sounds great. <laughs> sounds yeah, like I a know. great yeah, job. It sounds very good. Cup of coffee. Yeah, sounds wonderful. So you recently semi-retired. Right. Was last year? Was it last year? Um, actually, it was a year and a half ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kathy Noah's the new She's editor. She's the new editor. Right. Editor of the trip. So, what's it been like the last year and a half? It's actually good. I I was trying to go to halftime, but I proved to be not very good at that, mm. so it ended up being more like three-quarter time, and now okay. I'm trying to get back down to halftime. Right. Um, and I'm doing more, like, she actually, she's on vacation for a few days now, so I'm doing the, mm -hmm. I'm back to being the city editor, basically filling in, uh, filling in for her, because um, she currently kind of has two jobs, although that's hopefully going to change before too long. Sure. Um, and... I like that. I kind of like being in the being in the trenches, mm -hmm. being the you know, getting the getting the newspaper turned out every day, getting the stories posted online. Yeah, um, that's the rewarding part of it. You know, that I agree. that's what's interesting as opposed to going to the meetings or mm -hmm. figuring out budgets or yeah, barf. Yeah, all Total that stuff barf. that's no fun. Um, I had an old co-anchor said, so, you know, something to me, <clears throat> you've been there so long, you're kind of like the queen bee now. And I always say, no, I'm still a worker bee because in, in the, this market, and you can relate, yeah. everybody's got to pull their own. Like, right. we, we can't have anyone here sort of hands off. Yeah, there's not a lot of, you know, sit back in the office and think deep thoughts and <laughs> send out. No. No, it's like if you think of a deep thought, you got to... <laughs> Go find somebody to get it done, or get it done yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's definitely a hands-on hands-on situation for journalism right. in this valley. And I wouldn't have it any other way. No, it's great. That's yeah. the part I like. That's what I really kind of like now about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to get back to 20 hours. So I could go <laughs> okay. fishing or skiing or right. golfing or whatever. Well, good luck with that. Did yeah. you go skiing this year? Not very many times. Okay. I went a few times. I went well, it was a challenge with Mount Ashland, but they, they pulled it out. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. somehow. I mm -hmm. don't know how they did it, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I like Mount Ashland. It's nice. It's close. It's so I always think that's one of the great things about the Rogue Valley. Mm -hmm. In February, a lot of times, you can get up in the morning and say, do I want to go golfing or do I want to go skiing? <laughs> you know? And oh, both, the dilemma. They're both right there. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, we're wrapping up a little bit, so I'm going to get to the final three. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice? 
Go to number two, and I'll think about number okay. one. Okay, and this is my <laughs> fault. I did not prep you on. I always the try to prep everybody on the advice. best advice because it's a thinker. you got to think about it a yeah. little bit. Okay, well, we'll come back to that one. Um, if you ever left the Rogue Valley, what would bring you back here? What would you miss the most about this place? I just think all the people, all the connections you have. Uh, you think mm -hmm. I always think it's weird when people, they live their whole life somewhere, and then they retire, and then they move to Arizona. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who do you know in Arizona? We don't know anybody in Arizona, but it's sunny. It's well, warm. Well, it's warm here a lot of the year, yeah. too. So, yeah. yeah, so I think it's it's the people. It's a, it is also a really nice climate, mm -hmm. smoke notwithstanding. Yeah, it's a pretty fabulous place to live. It is. I agree. Um, and then if you were given a final meal and a final drink, what would that be? Wow. Final, final meal. Mm -hmm. Well, since the, apparently... It, isn't gonna kill me, so I can have whatever I want. I'd have a, I'd have a big steak, you know, steak, baked potato with all the everything junk on it. Yes, and, and uh, probably raspberry pie with uh, with vanilla ice cream. And, mm. No one's and no one's mentioned dessert. Maybe two other people have said a dessert. Most people I just stick have dessert. to dessert. Right, I agree. And what would I have to drink? Yeah. Oh, I'd have an IPA. Nice. Probably not with the raspberry pie. That might no. be a weird, but with a steak. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite IPA right now? Uh, probably uh, Sticky Hands. Oh, Block it's 15. Block 15. How sticky to Corvallis. Hands. Really yes. good. All right. Let's get back to that best advice you've ever been given. Best advice I've ever given was don't, don't ever put off a story as not being important and just try to... <clears throat> take the shortcut to get it done. Mm. Just think every story is important, even if it's a little story. If it's three inches long, go back and make sure it's a good three-inch story. Right. And it's still it's still news at the end of the day. It's still news. And, you know, make sure it's done right. And that's the thing. It's like, don't, you know, don't coast even on the little stuff. Ooh, I like that. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. You can also check out the video portion of this podcast at ktvl.com. Just click on features and then off script. Bob Hunter, it was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. Thank I you. Enjoyed it. Come back and we'll talk about beer.